If you had advice for a young band up and coming, what would you what would you tell them? Make sure you use guitars and uh, you know some of these bands. I suppose they're out there, and maybe I, because I don't go out much, I'm not aware of the younger bands. But uh, I would just say it's not an easy ride, and if you're expecting. Um, I don't know, instant kind of gratification other than playing your music that that can be very frustrating. So get a thick skin, um, but don't give up because if you really love to play, you should stick at it, you know. Guitarist, singer, and songwriter Ray Daffrico has been in it since 1981. The interview was recorded during a rogue lawnmower attack, which thanks to Ray's patience, we went ahead and saved. So stay tuned until about 26 minutes and 30 seconds into our chat when we're talking about Catwoman and Marianne from Gilligan's Island. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Let me start over. Hi, Ray. Hi, Ray. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> don't interrupt me. Hi, Ray. Congratulations. I don't really a long career. What uh, you've been probably in it for forty years, and you're like eighteen years old. Oh yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, and yeah. Uh, I've been playing since I was 17. I'm like 54 now, so however, I can't do math, but uh, <laughs> quite a long time. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, kind of obsessed with it. I can't seem to get away from it. Um, not that I want to, but um, occasionally frustrating. It's a lot frustrating, but I still love to play music and uh, I love to write songs. So, uh, you know, I keep doing it. Are you, um, are you obsessed and, with coming up with, uh, like, wow, that's a good song title, or wow, that's a cool name for a band, or that's a... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. I, I actually wanted to have a... I, I think I have a talent for naming bands, ridiculous naming bands. Oh, so yeah. The, I, wanted to ha I wanted to have a I'll name your band service, you know, for a hundred bucks, <laughs> I'll give you a name. Nobody does that. Because <laughs> I see... I seem to just all day long just be coming up with band names. Like, oh, that's a good band name. You know, the, those but, are the, um, the best band meetings there are are when you're coming up with names. You never settle on one, but uh, you, I, they come up with like Vomit Launch or Captain Piss Gums or stuff like that. You know, they're really good. Yeah, yeah and you end up with like the worst one out of the group because, um, you know, <laughs> four guys can never decide on anything. But, yeah, um, we, we got to do something. What are we going to call it? I don't know. How about the Beatles? Yeah. No, that's goofy. It's yeah. a bug. It, it worked. Or the Who. I mean, at the time, who would have thought the Who was a good name? But, right. it, you know, now that now that there is a Who, it makes total sense. It too. does. What the heck? That's another good name for a band. What were your influences uh, early on? Well, I started early on with, like, really bubblegum kind of stuff, which I still love, you know. Um, people tend to write that stuff off, but... You know, if it, if it wasn't for ridiculous songs like, you know, and I think they're great songs because I'm a real a pop kind of writer, but uh, like Yummy, 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 and oh, God. Chewy, Chewy, and uh, 
Surfing Bird, and you know, I had these KTL records that really influenced me, kind of like the Ramones. You know, um, with that—that's the kind of stuff that influenced the Ramones as well. Um, you know, simple songs that kind of primal that got your attention. You know, early on, and then you know, I kind of morphed into more complex things later. But you know, that's what uh, got me interested. Anyway. Hook heavy songs uh, too, yeah. A lot of people consider it very simple music, you know. So, but I, you know, I, it, I'm not a snob, so it, it, I gather that it's great stuff. You've performed with The Clash, The Ramones, REM, Bo Diddley, Joan Jett, and it's a half hour show, so I'm gonna have to stop right there. But wow, yeah. Well, my my first band, The Night Porters. I mean, we we were like a angry teen combo, as we would say. Uh, we just kind of hit at the right time. Um, you know, late 70s, early 80s music was really great, I think. Most 70s music, I like in 60s music, but um, it kind of, for me, tapered off around 85. But we were lucky enough to, when a lot of these fans are touring, to, to open um, for a lot, a lot of them because we were on the road all the time. And there was a local punk club, kind of famous now in Atlanta at the time, called the 688 Club. You might have seen the t-shirt in a lot of movies, like Clueless and stuff. Yeah, I have. They stole it from the Pub Public Image Limited logo, but it's a 688. <laughs> uh, so we opened for a lot of people there. We were kind of like the house fan. Um, and then, you know, we were friends with R.E.M. Cool. And, uh, you know, the replacements and, and that whole thing. So we were just kind of involved in it, you know. So, um Great, great stuff to tell your your grandkids. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm listening. The listeners love to hear it too. I get a lot of comments for um, people that, from that era, like you say, '85 and prior. And yeah. why do you think the the music has survived the test of time? Are they just good songs, or the, the bands were iconic? Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure. You tell me. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for songs and hooks. Um, kind of like. I think the, Mike Campbell, who's one of my favorites, Tom Petty's guitar player, it, it's one of my favorite quotes is, don't bore us, get to the chorus. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I like kind of songs that ha that have great hooks. You know, I, I tend to do that or try to do that in my songs that have really catchy hooks, you know. Um, that, that to me is like kind of the key and... and, and uh, uh, and really rhythmic kind of song. Um, it's true. Combination of the two. You can't walk away from hearing one of your songs without knowing what the title of the song is. Because <laughs> I probably say it a hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it, it, that, it works. It's a, a magic formula that's tried and true. And wow, it, it can be done so many different ways. It's like a snowflakes. God, I'm poetic. Yeah. yeah, just uh, something that, like an earwig from uh, you know Star Trek. <laughs> your ear and, uh, Jesus, you know you're stuck with it. I, I I have a bad time with that. You know I'll go through. Uh, I get hooked in these songs and I can't stop singing them in my head. And uh, le the latest one is uh, "Can't Can't Get It Out of My Head" by ELO. Um, yeah, I can't reason, get it out of my, my head. head. Yeah, yeah, because Fountains of Wayne actually covered it. Another one of my favorite bands and they did a really good I think they just did it live maybe but um, 
Uh, that one's been stuck in my head recently. Yeah, so. this is a beautiful moment in my life. I go for snowflake as a metaphor, and you go for a flesh-eating parasite. So it says a lot, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are a couple songs you want to talk about? Well, I have a new CD out called Tunnel Visions, yeah. uh, which was recorded in New York a little while ago, not too long ago, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of a pun on... I'm from New York City originally, and you know the tunnels in New York, and and uh, it's it's also a takeoff on uh, television, the New York band, plus uh, kind of how I've been feeling since Trump got elected. It seems like everything's been like tunnel vision. That and also, um, you know, just the fact that I kind of feel like I have a tunnel vision in that. Uh, I, I don't want to say career, but. Uh, as long as I've been doing this, I try to stay focused, You're on, focused. on my writing. So it, it has kind of multiple meanings, but not to ramble on here, but... Um, That's why I have you, I, I like most... So, <laughs> That's to a, ramble? Oh, yeah, I, can, I Googled ramble when you ramble. came up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any, ask anyone I know. They can't shut me up, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm having some coffee here, some Seattle coffee. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be rambling here oh, as excellent. soon as that kicks in, yeah. Uh, well, I like everything on it, really, but some of the, the standouts that, I mean, there's a song called Rejected, which uh, Katja Royden from The Pogues sings on. Um, the Pogues. She was married to Elvis Costello for a while, oh. and uh, she was up in New York, and we're, we're Facebook friends, and she came down to the studio and banged out some wonderful vocals with her lovely voice, and um, so I'm, I'm, that's one of my favorites. Tell me about Rejected. That's really a cool song. Oh, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, explain it. Uh, I, I guess that's just, um, I can't really pinpoint a single influence. Uh, you know, the, a lot of my songs are like combination of influences and just stuff I make up. So uh, I think that's just a kind of angry punk rock song about, you know, feeling rejected in various ways, you know, uh, out every day. I mean, I live in Atlanta where uh the traffic is awful maybe maybe a step below la but um that's one thing i sit in the car all day long um not that that, that's really rejecting me but it's a cause for anger um but you know past relationships you know whatever you know there's multiple things that could be read into that song
What was the inspiration behind Give It a Try? Well, that was, that was one of those where there actually wasn't an inspiration. It was probably just the guitar riff. So uh, the words kind of came after. I mean, sometimes you get, they'll have an idea with the words or the, a title, and you'll put the music to it. But this is one when I was just, uh, came up with the riff, and um, the words just kind of followed the, the feel of the song. Um, so, yeah, I don't, you know, it's kind of just like, because a lot of my songs are uh, really upbeat sounding and happy, but the words are really depressing uh, and uh, negative. So I was, I think I was trying to write a positive song. some songs just write themselves you write them quickly or do you sit and ponder and go well, i got to come up with a, a better lyric for that or something like that yeah they tend to i mean you know i don't really ever sit around and play guitar because i don't have time so this stuff builds up 
And when you finally get down and pick up an acoustic, it just kind of comes out. Yeah. And then I have all these things floating around in my head. And then, uh, you know, I've been writing for a long time. So uh, they just, I just naturally know where things need to go arrangement wise. And then, you know, I'll, I'll have some lyrics and I'll just put them into place, you know. Um, uh, you know, I'm not a, a technology kind of person, which I know nowadays that's what everything's all about. But I finally discovered on my iPhone that, you know, you can have these voice recordings. So I'll just put down ideas on there. Sometimes I'll even hum out a whole song on the phone and then go back in with a guitar and it's kind of half written, you know. Uh, that's exactly what I was so, going to ask is it, do you write it down on paper or do you record it on something really quickly and you record it on your phone and I'm sure when it plays back it sounds like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. You know, at the time you think it's amazing and you put it down and you go back and listen and you go, what was I thinking? That's like, <laughs> that's the stupidest thing ever, you know, but... <laughs> Occasionally, there's bits and pieces that you know you can use. I, I'll I'll write down <laughs> potential names for songs, and 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 I'll have the idea in my head when I wrote it down, and then I forget. So I'm like, what you know, what was the melody to this? I can't remember. So I might <laughs> apply it to something else. I don't know, or I'll just throw it out, you know. But I do have like reams of paper full of just ranting and uh, stuff. But, you know, we're all busy people, so I, I, I go, this is going to be a songwriting day, but it never happens like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like, today, Wednesday, Ray's songwriting day, but, you know, I get busy doing other things, you know? Yeah, um, life gets in the way of the plans sometimes. Which is kind of good because, you know, when we first started, it was intimidating to go play, but, you know, I mean, we started playing high, high school parties when we were 17, and the leap from practicing to playing in front of people was huge, but we decided, well, if we book a show, we won't have a choice. That was kind of our mantra. Yeah, yeah. For our whole time, is like, well, we might not be ready, but book it, and we'll have to be ready, right? You know, so. Good plan. You kind of force yourself into it, you know. You wrote a song about... Uh Tina Louise, who played Ginger on Gilligan's Island, among other things. That wasn't the only thing she ever did, but that's what she's known for best. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How did that come about? Well, uh, I'd like to say my first girlfriend was Julie Newmar when I was, what, four? <laughs> um, yeah, you you started the Batman fans, and Catwoman was the first woman <laughs> that really uh, did anything for me. At, uh, at four? And still does, by the way. And I was and I Emma Peel from the Avengers. Well, yeah, they're all kind of that five. Oh, hold on a second, I got a lawnmower going okay. by. <laughs> Jesus, thanks a lot, buddy. That might be that the, the end, <laughs> end of the interview. That lawnmower is right out of the monkey song. Uh, what is it? Uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. But, <laughs> the which local, I think Neil Diamond might have wrote. No, it was Carol King Carol and Neal. Jerry Goffin. Yeah, yeah, and it has reference to freshly mowed lawns. Or a lawnmower. That, that's the only song that I know of that has, has reference to mowing lawns. Yeah, you'd think the Ramones would have had something about a lawnmower in it. I don't know. They had sniffing glue and beat on the brat. 
no, theirs was a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> they took it one step further. Yeah. Why would you want a lawnmower, especially a riding lawnmower? Those are for wimps. Yeah, I don't think they ever saw a lawnmower in New York, probably. Maybe. <laughs> oh, they, mow, they mow pavement. Well, my uh, grandparents and parents are from Philadelphia. They lived in a row house there, and I used to spend a lot of time there. And I, I, I was likened it to living in, in London or something, but they had a little... They had a patch of grass in the back. <laughs> Their lawnmower was was one of those blade turning things. Yeah, re- you know, real mower you, is what it's called. You, yeah, you'd be done in like five seconds. So <laughs> I think they let me push that some. You know, <laughs> nothing more fun than that, huh? No, you know that was like, you know, pre-internet. That was fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, kids, it we had like, a push lawnmower. It was nothing like it. Yeah, I, I, I worked at my grandfather. He was a Italian plumber, and he would take me out in his truck and uh, and go to bars. Uh, and I didn't know that he drank too much, and <laughs> but it, expo- it exposed me to being in bars at a very young age. That that's a very '70s kid kind of thing. Like, don't tell your grandma. I was like, no, this is the best thing ever. I'm gonna be in a band called the Lawnmowers. Yeah. So back to uh, Tito Louise. See, uh, I was a Marianne guy. I wasn't a Ginger guy. So I just I want to. Well, I kind of like them both, but um, it seemed like Tito Louise was a better song title. <laughs> Probably uh, so. <laughs> I don't know. I had more of a story with with because she was a movie star. Like Marianne didn't have much of a story. No, uh, no. She looked great in cutoffs, but no, no story. But I, I think I am friends with uh, Donna Loren, uh, who played her, right, on, uh, on Facebook. I think we are actually friends. But, uh, uh, so, but, but the reason I wrote the song is because I'm a big Kinks fan, and the Kinks always had kind of uh, those kitschy kind of lyrics about, you know, like Holiday in Waikiki and, you know... Uh, songs about surfing and but they they were kind of liking it and making fun of it at the same time i don't know
band was described as <clears throat> the kinks with you as a front man. Did I, did I get that right? Uh, the kinks with Keith Richards with running, Keith, yeah. running the kinks. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith Richards. So Which is actually pr- pretty accurate. You know, I, those are, you know, two of my biggest influences, you know, and, you know, I, I, I my playing style is a lot like Keith and, uh, my personality can be a lot like as well. Um, <laughs> he's he's like. Uh, and I've got to, I, I I got to meet Keith and Ronnie once, which is uh, oh wow, pretty is a highlight of my life. The and best. They didn't, they didn't disappoint. I will say that. Um, what were they, they like? Were were everything they, that were they fun? They, they, they're yeah, they were fun. They were everything that you would imagine they would be. You know, <laughs> no, no, there's no hype there. Um, they are exactly what they are you know that's the greatest thing about them like they they didn't let me down at all like i got the rolling stones experience you know it's like a delinquent teenagers in the bathroom you know at the high school you know okay count me Uh, in count me in (laughs) but i will say that keith was um i could understand him a lot better than ronnie um, oh really you might think yeah, he was actually uh, very, uh, very easy to understand. That lawn's going to look really good today. I want you to know that. You're not going to be here to see it, but just trust me. That, that sounds like an industrial lawn. I, it, That's heavy duty. Ronnie Wood has a talk show, not unlike what I'm trying to do here futilely with the lawnmower oh, in the background. I, I love, yeah, I've... I've I've seen that on YouTube. I, I love it. So he's a good guess. Yeah, he's very good at it, and well, he should be. But you know, it's kind of hard to adjust from just being a songwriter, guitar player, and everything to hosting guests and uh, mm-hmm. and keeping them entertained with background sounds like leaf blowers and chainsaws and the things that I, only my show presents. So Ronnie does not have that going on. He's actually in a studio. I saw him with uh, Paul, yeah. Paul McCartney recently. Pretty cool. And they were doing like uh, Buddy Holly stuff. And they both yeah. both kind of knew the licks. And it was like, to watch, to watch them praise somebody like Buddy Holly, it's like, God, you know, it kind of connects the dots. Now I understand where you guys got your ideas and stuff, you know? That's the coolest thing. Exactly. A friend of mine who I've recorded with uh, named Rob Herboni, actually, uh, he, he worked for the band and did stuff with the Beach Boys and some with the Stones. And she actually met, uh, it was at Norman Petty, songwriter, that wrote a lot of the Buddy Holly stuff. She was telling me about the studio that they recorded a lot of that in, where they had two microphones, I think it was. Oh, wow. Like one for Buddy, one for the band. And uh, that's how they got that that sound is because it was all mic placement. You know, they didn't really have a choice. So, And it's the same like you were saying with, with Sgt. Pepper, how they, with four tracks, they'd innovate to create, you know, what they did. But back in the early days, it was all, you know, this record sounds great, but they did it all with like one or two mics, you know. Yeah, back. That, that, <laughs> I'm going to go out and shoot this guy, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> I, I think... Is he uh, wearing a, 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 the, the Ramones pinhead <laughs> That would be great. <laughs> so, back to the uh, recordings of yesteryear. 
they did get creative and you did have to know your songs really well because it was so darn expensive to be in a studio you know right. it had to be one or two takes and you're done so it's remarkable that some of those recordings were that good yeah you know this this lawn is not actually that big i think he's just out there messing with us he, he heard you were going to be on the show and uh, he said i'm going to mess yeah that's story of my life ray daprico is there let's get the law the loud one out don't let him talk you know <laughs> yes. we're being censored have you ever felt like that really i i don't know my my it doesn't my appear so because you, you fairly, say what you say we were fairly notorious in the atlanta area and uh <laughs> I, I think that's where our paranoia developed from. I don't know. <laughs> we kind of had a reputation, and, and <laughs> you start thinking a while that people are out to get you. Uh, yeah. I'm not really that paranoid, though. I don't think I'm so. Just, now, now I'm paranoid of lawnmowers, though. Oh, God, they're, so, uh, they're murder. And I know if I go out I there. Go out, I need someone to cut my grass, so, you know, tell them to drive across the country and yeah okay uh, if you hear on the uh, five o'clock news that there's a writer lawnmower headed uh, east from seattle yeah exactly yeah it's this guy and if you had advice for a young band up and coming what would you what would you tell them make sure you use guitars and uh you know some of these bands i suppose they're out there and maybe i because i don't go out much i'm not aware of the younger bands but uh, i would just say it's not an easy ride and if you're expecting um i don't know instant kind of gratification other than playing your music that that can be very frustrating so get a thick skin um but don't give up because if you really love to play you should stick at it you know it, it it's changed so much from when i started playing you know i mean we used to book our shows with a payphone on the corner, you know. Wow. And um, nowadays you have a lot of tools like, e you know, websites and email that and, and cell phones that we didn't have access to. So, um, you know, use those to your advantage. But, you know, I think there's pros and cons to all that, though, you know. The, the most important thing is write, write good songs. And the secret... If you have two guitars in the band, make sure the guitars aren't playing the same part. That's the secret. You play a Telecaster mainly, am I correct? Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a lot of guitars, but that's kind of my go-to. Uh, yeah, I, my favorite kind of guitar would be a Telecaster. Yeah. So they're, they're indestructible. I've I've tried to smash them and you can't. <laughs> oh really? Uh, they're like, um, Could, I mean, the old ones. I have a '73. It's made out of like ash, which is this really heavy strong wood and uh yeah they're uh they're pretty they're the, the working man's guitar you know so pete townsend probably wouldn't want one of those because they're too hard to break i'm i'm sure he smashed those too uh, but but he probably had to work harder at it you know yeah well he's getting kind of old now you don't want him to get hurt breaking a guitar yeah i i saw them a couple years ago he didn't smash anything but uh he, he still had his acerbic wit about him, which is one thing I, that I love. He's he's not afraid to voice his opinions on stage, which, which is one thing I love about him, you know. Reed Daffrico, thank you so much for your time. 
Oh, we're gonna listen to some of your music? Yeah. with a lifetime guarantee. And we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better. <laughs>